everyone. I'm Shruti Kamath, your podcast host. I hope you all are enjoying the holiday season and taking some time off to rest and unwind. Welcome to the finale episode of season two of the podcast. In case you're new here, I would highly recommend you listen to the introduction episode. And to others, welcome back. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Stories of Infosec Journeys and on Twitter at Infosec Journeys. Today with us, we have Rohit Srivatswa. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Rohit. Thank you so much uh, for taking time to be here. So in your own words, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hey, Shruti. Hi. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I've been waiting for someone to interview me. Nobody has been ever interviewing me. So I'm so happy that somebody interviewed me. Uh, but jokes apart, uh, thanks for calling me out onto this. And uh, let's have a good discussion around the journey of InfoSec. Uh, uh, that's what you call it as. Quick introduction for the listeners. Uh, I've been into the cybersecurity industry from last 20 years, doing variety of activity, uh, mostly serendipities. And I've been exposed to interesting work throughout my career by now. So I started uh, early on as a typical uh, regular IT uh, professional, or that what we call it as uh, the technology perspective. We call in tech companies as we call the IT guy who would be running around in the offices with a screwdriver and a, a patch panel and a cable in the pocket and to fix people's uh, PCs. So that's what uh, where I started my career early on and long long ago. But then I jumped into InfoSec because uh, my background, my education focus, and my interest was already in InfoSec. This was the first job I landed after campus. So I said, okay, whatever you get me into, I will make sure I'm working on InfoSec there. So quickly there, in the first company itself, I uh, got promoted very fast and I focused on the InfoSec of the enterprise architecture there. And uh, once I moved out from there, I get, went into the wireless security side of it. That was my second company. We were using, so again, a startup where I joined. It was 35 people when I started with this company. And when I left three years uh, later, we were 210 people company. And you can understand the speed of growth in those three years and a lot of work going on. So there, uh, I got a chance to do a variety of activity. Although they hired me as an IT manager uh, to manage the IT infrastructure, but yes, I was doing uh, the wireless security research. I was doing the part of HR and recruitment, part of sales, uh, some part of admin activities, so much so that I uh, represented the company into different conferences, uh, stood up with their hardware boxes to sell them to people and talking customers into the wireless security part of it. All of that uh, actually gave a very interesting and good training of how would you start your own company and how do you actually work uh, from promoter to peon in your own company. Uh, this was a very interesting company in the beginning. Uh, in front of me, the company has got the name changed four times by now and now got acquired by Arista. But uh, the same company, we had a very lively culture and one of the key factors in the company was our president and the VPs. They always said, don't leave my company. If you want to go and find a different job for money, if you want to do something or if you want to study further, go ahead, change the company. And if you want to do something on your own, he said once that I envisaged uh, there should be 
20, 30 different new startups coming out of my company. I don't know how many people took that seriously, but I took it uh, to the heart. And uh, he said, okay, this is your week long work. All of this has to be maintained. After this, whatever extra time you can take out in the company, you can start doing on your own. So that gave us a uh, very great, interesting time and uh, opportunity to work. A lot of interesting startups came out of that company. Uh, one was into head headphone manufacturing. One was into supply chain. But in InfoSec, uh, there's one very relevant name which came out of that is uh, Vivek Ramachandran. He, both of us were colleagues during uh, some time in the company. He also started his company or startup from this place itself. So it became a breeding ground uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs. Got into doing something of my own and I was like trying to look uh, that, okay, what's missing in India and what can we do here? And that was the time when I realized a conference is something which is not happening or gathering of people, which is not happening. So back in 2006, I started this uh, club hack where uh, I thought, let's bring in people. Let, let's make it a culture of communities coming together, meeting to each other, and then having conferences and stuff like that. Uh, back in those days, there were none, so to say, practically. And then I chose the name as club hack. So I got my own share of uh, heat from different people. So much so that uh, a lot of intelligence departments started looking at me that, who is this guy collecting hackers from all places into a city and putting an article and an advertisement in a newspaper that all hackers are welcome to join here. So uh, that was the situation. Yeah. And then I was uh, summoned by the local city police commissioner during that time that, who are you and why are you doing this? And he suggested that I should change the name of my company to Club Anti-Hack. I said, fair enough, very interesting, but I would not. Because once we get into the industry, we realize hack is not the negative word. Hack is actually the positive word. And I explained him somehow uh, it moved ahead. I didn't face a lot of uh, negative retaliation from that, that you cannot do this. So they kind of allowed me to have the activities. And then that's how it all started. Uh, while I was still doing this job and while I was still doing conferences and meeting people and traveling across the globe and catching up with a variety of people, uh, another serendipity happened, which landed me as the director of technology for the Commonwealth Games. The 2008 games were in Pune. So I started there as director of technology. I was, uh, so to say, the youngest person in that whole crowd where uh, everybody is senior either IS officers or uh, senior people in from the industry working in different department. And everybody said, yeah, technology is for kids and let, let, let kids manage this. They can manage everything in technology. Uh, I was given the responsibility of the whole technology, not the security only. And some people thought that technology means whatever runs with electricity. So for the games time, they've kind of tried giving us all the responsibility, including uh, washing machine and dryers as well because they run on electricity which I had my own tough time explaining them that okay uh, although the power plug is plugged into for the dryer and washing machine it does not come into technology the technology limits itself to IT and ICT so finally I was given a role of okay you have to manage all the computers all the network wireless and telecommunication network, the phone network. I said, fair enough. That, that's still a 
controllable and manageable thing so let me do that so uh, we completed the game here and it was kind of very very addictive addictive so to say because in the tech industry we call about uh, the uptime the 99.9 the 59 uptime the 79 uptime there's nothing called that uh, uptime sort of thing in the game industry why uh because you can't ask usain bolt to run again because the camera did not work and uh, the capture was not done so that that's the situation the real time the the real real timeness of technology is tested out in games and it was so much of pressure that it became ad- addictive so 2008 when the games ended i i was selected to go to the main games as well the commonwealth games in delhi which was expected in 2010 so that was the time when i moved to delhi but uh, clubback as a event was happening so i came with a small break did my event here and the same police commissioner who was against me in the first year second year he was the chief guest of the event and <laughs> he, he he liked it a lot and he said this is very good we are still in touch he is a politician now out in north india we are still in touch and happy and we sometimes sit down and remember all of these old days so oh, that's uh, that'll be that's great how... if you can get him to you know tweet about this podcast episode <laughs> i'll actually talk to him and try to do that yeah so then i went to delhi uh, spent my time in uh, the commonwealth games delhi but uh, for all reason people in india no commonwealth games i realized that i am not built for this and one year down the line i left the game in pune games i had a team of uh, 120 people under me in delhi games when i reached by the time i came back i had already close to 2000 people working for me for the whole games and the expected number of employees under me for uh, the whole game technology uh, was close to 3500 but uh, i didn't touch that mark because all for reasons which may we may not discuss on the podcast i said let let go back to pune that other time i came back to pune and like okay now what uh, do something interesting do something more so i took almost a six month uh, break to rewind from whatever i have been going through in the whole commonwealth games and in that six month uh, a lot of friends got in touch and we were so i started helping a incubation center to incubate young entrepreneurs that how how to get the government support to entrepreneurs how to do interesting thing for them so that said okay let's go full time into entrepreneurship let's not look for a job anymore because some of the entrepreneurial activity was still going on in parallel that's a ticket fair enough let's do that and uh, that's how i got into the consulting activity created uh, another company thought of a few project created a few project and i realized uh, they were way too ahead of time and it failed badly but uh, the events were on the conferences were on the community activities were on during that time we even started a uh, hackers magazine at that point of time a lot of articles support from a lot of people came in during those days and uh, that that has continued but uh, another big change happened during that time when i was in delhi i got married and then i realized that uh, all fun is at one side i have to start earning money as well now so that's all time when i said okay let's focus on business to get more money into the pocket and i started doing that but interestingly because of the background and early days i was 
drawn into a lot of national security related activities so many people from the old uh, community gang they know what kind of work and how did we help the whole national security issues uh, protecting a lot of things in the country but then uh, and one of the big reason for that was because during the commonwealth games i was working closely with a lot of people from the agencies and the focus was on the tech, use of technology in anti terror and other stuff for the games like suppose there's a game happening in a stadium what all are the protection and intelligence required so that a terrorist may not just bring his truck load of explosive and go into the stadium so a lot of planning and activities were going on there and that uh brought me in touch with a lot of senior people in the agencies during the initial quebec times uh, i knew that but i was followed and focused by a lot of people that okay who is this guy and what is he doing when they realized that okay this guy is a simple person he is not doing anything hanky panky so they got in touch with me later and started telling me about okay that you are you were being followed since very long and we can do some interesting projects right now that happened for close to 10 12 years while i was doing my small startup my i was never planning to create a startup going into 10000 people company and a large organization i was always happy go lucky in a small thing i i just always wanted to work in a mode where uh, the pressure is low and the customer is interesting if the customer is not interesting if the customer is painful that's why i would just leave them and move on uh that was going good and then i started focusing on cyber security education as well during that time post commonwealth games time in 2016 uh quickil acquired that particular company which was focusing on education and some services but uh, services was something which quickil was not very much keen in Be- being a product company they were not very much keen in to the enterprise class services so they said okay fair enough we will keep the education part of it and uh, so much so that while the whole acquisition conversation was going on we were creating this mtech degree in information security with pune university and department of technology so it all happened together uh, we started and i had a lock in period of 2 years with quickin i spent almost close to 3 years with them and then i realized uh, i can't stick to a large organization more than this and then i came back again I started doing things on my own again. This time, uh, because the hair was turning grey, people were looking at that. Okay, this guy is knowledgeable. This guy knows something, has done something in life. So started going into the bigger, uh, serious roles of the infosec. I remember during my Commonwealth Games, just to make sure that I'm not looking kiddish, I used to have, I used to sport a, a French beard so that. it look a little stuffy and people will say oh thoda sa bada bachcha hai koi but uh, yes uh, by the time i came out of quickhill i was like oh, ready and people knew me by in the industry i was part of a lot of other activities uh, mostly csr activities around which i call my csr stuff i helped a lot of people around and then that gave me a tag of okay this guy is fairly senior and can do something in life so that's where we started the virtual ciso thing it was not even a term called as virtual ciso at that point of time but yeah uh, since then i have been in the security domain i have been doing a lot of virtual ciso activity but uh, otherwise that's how uh, the journey of infosec started from desktop support engineer to where we are today
So how how does it feel like you know looking back at your journey? It feels like already getting very old. <laughs> yeah, the, it was good. Uh, many a interesting things happened throughout the career, but uh, always had this thing that okay, keep your feet on the ground and keep doing activity. So I kind of stopped doing my conferences back in 2013, and again a lot of uh, interesting things happened during that time. The conference was. kind of merged or migrated into a national level conference some people started during that time in delhi but that did not work out and i realized fair enough that's okay because uh, idea was to start this kind of a culture in the country that okay people would come together in one place conference attend talk share knowledge with each other which has happened so although accidental but now that the event is closed let's leave it as is and let's not try to rebuild this and let's start focus on making money so that's how i moved into non uh, conference side of it yeah but i think uh, club hack uh, conferences was like the og conference of india for all of us right like I, when oh, yeah, i uh, because i remember when i had first gone to nalcon like i've had people talk about this so i'm like i did not know about that until then and now it makes sense when you talk about this like okay See, there's a clear generation gap between us as well. So <laughs> I, I, I'm seriously old now. Okay, I did not want to make it sound that, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. That, that's where we are. All right. Thank you for sharing that uh, story with us. Uh, so uh, I think you pretty much covered uh, how your journey has been like, right? Uh, do you want to talk a little more about what is that you're currently working on, or is there anything specific that you want to share uh, with our listeners? Okay, so work-wise, now I am actively involved in multiple stuff. Uh, one part of it is which which brings uh, money onto the table and make sure that the bills are being paid is the virtual CISO consulting. Where we realized uh, a lot of organizations cannot afford to have a full time CISO. A lot of people can afford to have a full time CISO, but uh, the CISO doesn't have a career graph inside that company because the company is small and they have a different line. So whenever they hired a CISO, the CISO used to leave them in six months, eight months time. But everybody needs a security program to be created. So that's what we started doing as virtual CISO. Helped a lot of companies set up the security program, security structure into the organization. uh improvise the whole security posture we never thought that this would be seeked after by people or by the companies who already have cisos uh and see 20 years in the industry so people knew and they started asking and then started taking help from there that okay we have a ciso but we do not have this particular role or key uh background of the ciso into this particular domain so can you help into that particular area like architectures or budgeting or compliances so there are various part of the industry right so somewhere something was lacking with most of the companies that landed us into a very good uh, set of thing and that actually helped us plan our business in a better way uh we stopped going top uh, bottom up and uh, then just from the word of mouth we started doing board and down So even if the company has a CISO, we would be always interacting with the board or the executive committee, and then they will put us into the team to make sure everything is going fine. There was a large, very large uh, manufacturing company in India, or rather conglomerate in India. We helped them 
to identify whether all the CISOs in different companies, they're working good or not. So what is the status of that? And then we help them out in all the possible manner. So that's the virtual CISO thing which is going on. Our uh, smallest customer is a five people startup. Our largest customer is a 17,000 node manufacturing company. So we have a variety of range in between. And whoever is in need, we just help them. Again, sticking to our very old principle, if the customer is interesting, if the customer is happy, we will stick around. If the customer is cringy, we will say, okay, goodbye, let's finish up the work and move on. So that's the principle we're still living with. But yes, uh, because of startups and exits and uh, failed startups, all things together, uh, I got inculcated into this gang of uh, entrepreneurs, which is called as Thai, the Indus Entrepreneurs. It's a large group uh, which supports a lot of young entrepreneurs coming up. And it's a free thing or rather not even a free. I pay to be a part of that group and then we provide uh, consulting or mentoring or investment to startups. So it's all from the pocket, but it's kind of a CSR activity, which we do. My earlier CSR activities used to be uh, going to schools and helping parents, helping kids, helping school authorities to make sure everything is safe. Then uh, a lot of sessions with uh, elderlies or uh, different communities where I used to guide them on safety and security. And I was asked a lot of variety of questions every time that, how do I do this? How do I do that? So when COVID hit, uh, although it was not a COVID plan, pre-COVID I had completed it, but when the COVID hit, I released this book of mine, uh, which got published during that time. The idea of the book was to be a handbook for people to pick up and understand how can they secure their phone, their email addresses, their social media, their browsers, their computers, all of that. From there, the CSR has now moved on to how to help the startups and entrepreneurs to fix or rather think of security in the early stage itself while the company is getting established, how they can move ahead in a secure manner unless or unless they want the name to be getting popular because of their data breaches. Right? Suddenly they will become popular because news headlines will be calling them out that, okay, they had a breach. So that's what we do right now. Some of them are uh, free and pro bono. Some of them are now customers, so we help them. So that's the whole uh, current cybersecurity scene which is going on. I keep uh, doing experimental exercises in different things. So one of the experiments which is going on right now, I'm trying to create a metaverse. And that is for absolutely away from security. So I'll keep it very short for the InfoSec uh, podcast. We're trying to create a metaverse for India where, or for Bharat and hence we call it as Bharatverse. And basically a uh, travel, tourism, art, culture, history of India to be showcased. But that's something which is keeping me busy these days. Oh, that, that sounds very interesting. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, sure. So we launched it uh, last year, 15th of August, because Bharat, because 15th of August, because Ajadika Amrit Mahatma. So we launched yeah. it. Some of the stuff are online. We have been dealing with a lot of people at government and different level. Around 15 properties are online right now. People can go and see. But yeah, more work is going on that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I think that's useful information for folks who are interested to check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. So you've been in the industry for a while now, right? So what is the big change that you see from then to now? People have started understanding the keywords. People have started knowing it. Uh, 
earlier everybody was like why security people have understood that a lot of good thing has happened into the industry but at times when we deal with people who are or rather the companies who are not even that actively uh, looking into uh, security at least they have got caught up to one keyword which they want to talk whenever somebody says security so they say vapt oh security that means you will do a vapt for us i said uh, and i asked one person that what is vapt oh they do something in security that's called as vapt and okay fair enough at least that level of awareness has come up that everyone now knows that there is something called as vapt and the vapt is something which practically have dealt very less in the beginning of the career later on i've never done into that because uh, there are too many companies out there which are doing that a lot of cities have even 1% 2% companies helping everyone in vapt so sir yes we can do vapt so yeah but the awareness has increased pretty good uh, level people are now understanding that security is important thanks to all the breaches and the data news and the pink papers have started covering it so the boardroom is now talking about it i was surprised to see few uh, gray hair in the boardroom who are now talking good keywords and taking things securely like they are talking about the risk they are talking about the uh, fair model and identifying the risk for their organization because of cyber security i was like pleasantly surprised that okay some things are going in a good direction but yes uh, again a lot is still in the old style right now a lot has still been or a lot of work has to be done in that area to make sure that the customer understand what they want and i'm sure uh, this thing will keep evolving with time yeah we hope so too <laughs> all right uh, at least that will keep our bills paid that will keep uh, show that we are in the industry and we are not uh, getting obsolete right yeah yeah true true agreed <laughs> all right so uh, can you share some of the communities that you've been associated with and what is that you love about them so the first thing was uh, which i created but uh, again when we saw that a lot of other communities are getting created and getting more active i kind of uh, reduced on that but on a international level i got involved with a lot of communities uh, there is one complete uh, a community called as first.org which is a forum of incident response and security teams basically a consortium of all the certs from different nations and large enterprises so i've been involved with them since last 6 7 years by now and actively connected with them and attending their conferences once in a year and helping them out so it's more of a incident response community it started with that but now it is with everything to do with security and pretty active community then uh, there are few more uh, across the globe in india i am in touch with a lot but unfortunately i have not been actively going into different conferences and meetings but i look forward to do that uh, at times you have to stop and look back into the community otherwise people will start forgetting you that ye kaun tha i didn't realize that <laughs> who is this guy who passed me okay so so i need to go back to the indian community circles as well i'll do that soon but yeah uh, these are the few communities where i'm pretty active these days all right all right yeah thank you for sharing that uh, so this season we actually started something called the rapid round questions uh, okay. like a one liner answer i just have like three questions for this 
So uh, if not for insect, right, what profession would you have chosen and why? A difficult one. Uh, because see, if you have, uh, oh, okay, to stick to your rapid round, the response is I would have loved to become a pilot. But uh, to give you a quick explanation, I would love to do that. But uh, it's like, if you, if not this, then that is a kind of a profession where you, once you slow down in one profession, you actually look towards the other one. I may not get a flying license now or may not be able to fly commercially now. But yes, that that is something which I've always been of keen interest and uh, flying is something which I like a lot. Oh, that sounds like a very interesting career to have as well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's uh, that one thing you uh, love about InfoSec and one thing you dislike? One thing I love about InfoSec is uh, it keeps you awake every time. You, you can't uh, stand still and not know new things. Because suddenly if you stop doing or stop learning things, you will become outdated very soon. So it keeps you on your toes, uh, helps you being active on that front. Maybe that's the thing which I dislike about InfoSec as well. But uh, jokes apart, uh, one thing which I dislike about InfoSec is a lot of people too much complicate the thing when it comes to service or offering to the end customer. And even end customers, uh, enterprises, they tend to complicate this thing too much that it becomes difficult to manage. I understand complicating from a vendor point of view because then that will help them sell more, that will help them push more, that will help them remain in the organization for a longer time. But uh, if we keep things simple in an organization from InfoSec perspective, it would be actually secure. And that's something which I don't like about this whole domain that we still, we make things complicated for the end. So when you say making it complicated, are you talking like in terms of terminologies or just generally as a way of working? Way of working. Terminologies are still fine. I take proud thing this that uh, we as an industry have keyword for every damn thing we have. Someone will tell me, oh, you know, I got an email at it. Okay, BEC. I know there's a keyword. Oh, no, no, no. But the email also said that pay me uh, or otherwise I will release the photo of you. I know, okay, it's extortion. And now I know what to talk about. So we have a keyword. It's simplified. But once it is offered to someone as a service, people complicate the whole offering. Call it uh, security consulting. Call it uh, e even the whole so-called VAPT process. People would run simple tools, get on to report, complex it, and so this is that, this is very dangerous. Please keep it simple for the people. And once you keep it simple, it's easy for people to understand. And once people are understanding it better, it's good for the complete industry. So that's something which I really don't like about things. People making things very complicated or sound complicated. And oh, this is next to the rocket science. So you will have to have, you have to buy my product to be secure. Otherwise you're doomed. Agreed, agreed. So what are some of the latest trends that you see in InfoSec? Latest trend, uh, again, from the startup point of view, there are a lot of startups who are coming to us and uh, said, I want to do a startup in the InfoSec domain. What do you want to do? Oh, I want to create a VAPT dashboard. Okay, fair enough. So everybody's trying to create some kind of dashboard to visualize things uh, from the startup point of view, uh, what people are looking in cybersecurity startup. That we will create a dashboard for this, we will create a dashboard for that. In a way, yes, it will make work easy for the end customer, but 
do a market research is the company already having that kind of stuff if you are looking for oh sir we will run let's a scan and we will create a dashboard out of it oh tenable themselves have a nice dashboard so do that and study uh, otherwise actively on the infosec world i'm seeing the use of machine learning is going very high again from both attackers perspective and the network defender perspective so that's something there and feels like the use of the machine learning and the ai and other uh, interesting buzzwords will make it easier for people here onward that okay i can use it or at least i don't have to put my brain the things itself will work and protect me so that's something going in a very good manner and, I, and i'm very hopeful uh, about that all right thank you for your insight on what the latest trends are uh, so with that uh, we come to the end of the rapid round i just have like thank one you. last question for you that is uh, what is your advice to folks who are starting out in the industry and uh, for people who are already in the industry for people who are starting in the industry see this has grown with age earlier you had to have your hands dirty and know things to do stuff nowadays there is a tool for everything and a lot of people who have capabilities as well tend to get inclined towards uh, without hurting the word tend to get inclined toward being a script kiddy so i'll run a tool i'll run this thing and please if you are here for a long run stick to the basics learn the basics part once the basic is strong once you're really strong on the fundamentals rest everything is easy but i've seen a lot of people lot of young people uh, in the colleges as well once in a while when i go to colleges for sessions and stuff sir i want to become a hacker man wow perfectly what do you want to do i want to have password of my girlfriend's facebook account man okay i have been hearing that from like donkey years that uh, why do you want to become hacker because you want to break into your girlfriend's uh, facebook account but that's a separate story once you start if you're really interested in this domain go back to the basics make sure that you are the strongest on the networks on the protocols on the operating system basics once that is there you would realize everything else is easy everything else is just yet another tool or a process which can be used to achieve what you want and people who are in the industry you have been there with an experience make sure it is getting easier for young folks and make it easier for people who are affected by it even if it is a and company who is looking at it or people who are getting infected by different issues make sure that you make things easier for them and they understand it and so don't push them that okay you are an outsider and i am an insider i will dictate how to interact be inclusive get them into the industry and then you will realize the work is getting more easier and you are more happier so i think that's a really uh, insightful advice on the inclusivity part like i think more the merrier and like if you can really get people interested in the domain then definitely you can have a lot more people joining the industry yes all right uh, so thank you so much uh, for taking time to be here on this uh, podcast we come to the end of this uh, podcast episode and it was lovely talking to you i had a lot of fun listening to your story thank you thanks a lot that was it for today listeners i hope you enjoyed learning about rohit's journey on our season finale episode In case you want to reach out to him, you can find him on Twitter and LinkedIn. I have shared his details in the episode description. 
Also, you can now leave a review for each episode on the Spotify app. So do let us know what your thoughts are on this episode. And if you are an Apple podcast user, then don't forget to leave us a review there. If you have any guest recommendations for our next season, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Stay tuned for the next season. Until then, stay safe and take care.